Hey guys, what's up? Before we jump into today's episode of the WordPress Chick Podcast, I am super excited to tell you that today's episode is being sponsored by none other than Liquid Web. Liquid Web has new managed WordPress hosting. We connected maybe a month ago and I have moved my site over. And can I just tell you, first of all, it's screaming fast. I'm super pumped about that. The managed WordPress hosting that they offer, though, I'm going to go ahead and just quote their their tagline on the site, which is the managed WordPress partner you've been waiting for. Hands down, you guys, their support. Nothing beats being able to chat with somebody in the States when you need it, right when you're in the middle of something. And their support has been amazing. The migration was the easiest migration I've ever done. But I'm going to give you just a couple little tips um, to let you know how awesome this is. First of all, they create a new site. It's like click of a button. You can create staging sites. They've also just released these two new tools. I'm going to have to just display them for you in a post, obviously. But our stencils and tagging. So you can tag your site so you can find all the different sites you have in your account by tag. The stencil is like click a button and it duplicates a site for you. So let's say you've got a membership site and you're doing multiple memberships maybe um, or a course site. Course site's even better example. You take a course site, you click a button, it's duplicated it. So everything you need in that site, if you've done some custom work for a course, it's going to be duplicated for you. So stay tuned for that. But they've they've partnered up with iThemes Sync Pro also, which is kind of like, um, you know, a managed WP where you can update all your sites. And it, it this is amazing, you guys. So stay tuned. Uh, I will have a post for you, but I'm super excited to be working with Liquid Web for their managed WordPress hosting. You can check them out at the WPChick.com forward slash Liquid Web. Backup, speed, safety. It's all there, you guys. I am really thrilled to be working with them. So let's go ahead and jump into today's episode. Hello and welcome to the WordPress Chick Podcast. Brought to you by the WPChick.com. WordPress explained for those of us who get headaches when we hear words like PHP and functions but want to make money with their WordPress sites. No boring code snippets here. Just WordPress happiness made easy. Now, here's your host, Kim Doyle, the WordPress Chick. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the WordPress Chick Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Doyle, the WordPress Chick. I am super pumped today. I keep trying to find creative words to say I'm excited, but super pumped it is today. Um, I have Brent Weaver from You Gurus on the show today. I have all kinds of questions for you, Brent. But first of all, welcome. Thank you for being here. I'm glad to be here. And I just want to tell you right now, I'm pretty sure all 13 of my first podcast episodes we've done so far, I say I'm excited <laughs> it, it, on every one of them. So you're in good company. Okay. It's kind of funny, right? It's like you keep thinking I'm going to do a different spin and it's like, eh, I'm excited. It is what it is. So, <laughs> um, you know, I have to do this because every every show I'm like, I like kind of doing my little, you know, digging and finding out the story. So I want to know a little bit more about you before we jump into you gurus, if I can. So can you kind of give us a little bit of your story um, in terms of what brought you to you gurus? Yeah. Uh, If I go way, way back, uh, (laughs) lunch detention of some kind um, was where I actually met my business partner and we decided that we could build websites in high school and make some money. And so we started a business together and, uh, you know, went down to the county and paid the $25 and we had our own, you know, we had to pick a business name and all that good stuff. And mm-hmm. we were 17 years old and started building websites. And that sure beat working at a fabric store for $6 and 25 cents an hour. 
<laughs> okay, you're dating yourself with the hourly rate, right? Like I've done that before. I'm like, I think my first part-time job was like 450. So I'm old. Yeah, my, my gray hair dates myself just well. <laughs> There you go. So, um, well, so how long were you doing that then you guys just, so have you never had like a traditional job? Stocking fabric for six twenty five an hour is, <laughs> uh, is, is close to a traditional job. I did have a boss, I guess, but, uh, besides that I did in college go to Australia for about six or so months when I was not a hundred percent sure I wanted to have my own business for the rest of my life. And I worked for the Australian government as a research analyst for Invest Australia, uh, their internet communications and technology arm to promote foreign direct investment in, in Australia. So I lived in Sydney and I worked for six or seven months as a, as a research analyst intern. And I, that was where I was, I was hating life in a cubicle. <laughs> um, Australia is beautiful. Scuba diving in Australia is awesome. The everything about Australia is fantastic, but that cubicle was the worst place in the planet for me. Yeah, nothing like a little contrast to say, yeah, you need to work for yourself, right? <laughs> so it was it was a, a, a couple of years later at the end of college that basically my business partner and I, you know, still to this day, we had kind of kept the business alive in college. It was like a side project in the summers we'd work on it full time. And then towards the end, we, we got a pretty cool opportunity to, to do a, a pitch for a website for uh, the California Coalition Against Sexual Assault out in California. And it was a fifty dollars to $100,000 opportunity. And we were like, wow, this could be something. We could actually do this for a living. Uh, we did not win that deal. And there's all sorts of lessons I learned from that pitch and all the many things I did wildly wrong trying to win that business. But what it did do was give me the confidence that this was not a $500 website type of life that was in front of me, that if I knew how to build websites and do that kind of um, thinking and, and, and you know take advantage of this whole like internet boom, that there was actually some serious money out there to be made and, and we could do really cool work and not have a boss. So that was good. Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit of figuring out where to get the leverage, right? And I think everybody listening to this who's done websites and I've actually just completely shut all of that down in my business, but um, I feel the pain of all those people. It's like everybody starts at that $500, $600 website and it's like, this just does not seem cost effective, <laughs> right? It's like three hours later on Skype with a client doing CSS changes. It's like, I, what, how did I get here? Um, and I think what I learned though, in, in that moment of all the clients that have had up until that point were those kind of few thousand dollars here, a few thousand dollars there, small business, small independent people. But then all of a sudden we're pitching this organization for a five, high five, six figure dollar project and I think what I learned was that they all have the same problems and more or less you do the same thing. Uh, they just have more resources and more the, the work that you do has a much higher impact for them. And there's probably a little bit more risk involved, um, but they just, you know, the multi-million dollar nonprofit organization for them, their website was the main portal into their everything that they did. So they were happy to find the right company and drop $85,000 on that project. Wow. That's so crazy. Um, I mean, which makes sense. And you know, what's interesting on a side note, a few of the nonprofits that I actually did sites for were the easiest to work for. It's like they had a budget. They, here's your check. It was like, there, it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, dealing with a solo business owner who's like, you know, feels like they're giving you their firstborn for a $3,000 website and there's no judgment and we, everybody's got budgets, but um, let's jump into, so where did you gurus come into play from that transition? And so was it after that, that project? So we, yeah, no, we, so we ran our agency for, uh, 
just shy of 13 years. So from 2000 to 2012 and um, around 2007, we basically ran it into the ground. We just, I mean, made every mistake you could have. We had downtown office space, you know, cool two-tone paint, translucent glass doors with our logos on them, flat panel TVs, conference room, leather couches, uh, mini fridges stocked with beer, liquor cabinet. I mean, it was like, (laughs) and we live in Denver, so downtown 16th Street Mall. So we just kind of overextended ourselves, kind of built the business we thought we we thought you should or something like that. We because we were just like, oh, this is cool. Like we want to be cool. So so we did that, and in 2007, we were pretty much you know kind of met, like screwed, and we you know ran out of money, uh, couldn't pay our team, couldn't do anything. I mean, I basically went and took out an emergency. Luckily, I had good credit. I took out an emergency loan, a couple loans actually stitched together. 50, 50 grand to keep the business alive. And it was at that moment that I kind of said, you know what, I think I need to stop trying to uh, learn all of the, the lessons in business life. <laughs> and I should, so I reached out to this guy named Joe who was um, uh, owned a consultancy, multi-million dollar consultancy. I was like, Joe, what, what am I doing wrong? Right. So he started, really became my first business mentor, gave me some pointers. And I was like, wow, there are other people that do this. And so I just started really working on not just trying to find clients all the time, but trying to find really smart people to learn from, uh, to listen to them about their mistakes, about the systems and processes and things like that, that they put into place. And I started joining some business accelerators and every consultant that came in and spoke, I put them on a thousand dollar a month coaching retainer. And at one point in time, I think I had like five or six people like that I was meeting with every week and they were all on some type of retainer for months and months and months. And they basically all taught me how to fix the business and turn it into something that was a much larger enterprise with, you know, lots more people, really profitable, scalable, making a lot more money. Um, you know, I was paying myself a competitive salary. I was getting profit distributions, buying a house, retirement, compensating employees at a competitive rate. I mean, it just turned everything around for me. So, and that went all the way up to us exiting and and getting acquired in 2012. And we were about a 14 person shop and we sold uh, the company because we, uh, the two years prior to that, I started to blog and share information about all the cool things that I had learned how to do growing our agency. And that actually was starting to turn into kind of something. And we were getting these thank you letters. I always tell people, I, get, I would get this, I got this six page thank you letter with a picture of this guy and his daughters playing soccer and how everything that he learned from me had changed his life. And he could go watch his daughters play soccer now because of the information I gave him about running his business. And I don't know. I just, I've never gotten the six page thank you letter for building a website before. I don't know many people who have. (laughs) I would get the Christmas card. Like, thank you. It's different. right? I mean, somebody gives you 50 grand to build a website and you know, you're lucky that you get a Christmas card because you just got 50 grand for building a website. Right. I mean, these were people that were just reading my content and stuff like that. So uh, I decided that maybe there was a whole business uh, out there to do that. And so after 12 years of kind of getting my unofficial MBA in, in business through hundreds and hundreds of client projects and pitching over a thousand website deals, we, uh, we decided to go that direction and, and help others do that. And now we have a really cool business around that, but we also have an amazing mentor team. It's, it's a little bit less about my story and it's more about you know, all the really cool things our mentor team are doing in all of our community at this point. Okay. So there's like 800 questions in there. I'm going to try <laughs> to pull it back. The first thing though, um, is, you know, I, I think with the agency piece of it, you know, a lot of people, <laughs> it's one of those things for me having 
done a lot of work outside of the house prior to starting my business like nine years ago. It's like I, I knew I never wanted offices, right? So I think a lot of people struggle with that. Um, you know, is there, I don't know, is there any advice you'd want to give to somebody as opposed to, you know, I mean, some people think they need office space. Like what are your mm-hmm. thoughts on that sort of in general? The office space. Uh, So look, I think that there are good reasons to have office space and there are bad reasons to have office space. Uh, A good reason is if you are, um, you know, really working with a lot of local clientele, you need to have people in the same room to do strategic planning a lot. And you're trying to build a culture that is very collaborative, running into each other and, um, able to just pop in a room and kind of work on stuff and whiteboard and and things like that. I mean, those are some of the the right reasons. Uh, And in some markets, some types of clientele uh, expect to see some infrastructure in place that makes them feel confident that you're not just going to take their money and disappear into the ether. Um, So those are, I mean, that can be a good reason to have office space. Having office space because you think you should is a bad reason. Yeah. Uh, having office space because you think you want it because it looks cool <laughs> because, <laughs> because having a frosted glass door with your logo on it is, is like cool and <laughs> it appeals to your personal ego or in my twenties I would have, you know, I'd go out and have like after hours parties at our downtown, you know, loft office, you know, that, yeah. that's like, <laughs> it, it, it gets back to, I think we were doing it because it was cool. And, and at some levels we felt like we, we did not feel legitimate and because we didn't have office space. And I'll tell you what, it was one, one client, one prospect that came over to our apartment when we were working out of our apartment, our loft in Denver, that said something like, oh, I just thought you guys were a lot bigger. And that, that guy who didn't even hire us, that sentence probably was a huge motivator for me. And that's just ridiculous because we ended up almost destroying ourselves trying to build all this overhead when we were running an extremely lean operation, getting five figure projects in our, you know, in our, our condo or loft and nine out of 10, we were working with a billion dollar oil company. They could have cared less. Totally. And this one guy said one thing and I'm sure that was, you know, the, 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 the princess and the pea or something, right? I couldn't put as many, couldn't put enough mattresses on top of that saying, uh, on top of that sentence to ignore it. Like it just, it bothered me. And, and uh, I'm sure there were other reasons that we did at the time. But so, so what I focus on more now is uh, what kind of culture do you want? That's a good question to answer in making a decision of whether you want office space or not. The culture I've created at YouGurus is about outcomes, accountability, doing great work and living our business's purpose. And I give people an incredible amount of autonomy and freedom to work from home. If they want to come in, we do have some hot desks and kind of a video studio space. That's mostly because I have a toddler and a seven-week-old baby. So for me, recording at home (laughs) sometimes is just not a great option. Uh, I need to have that that space to come to. Some people like having a place to, you know, escape to. It's great sometimes when we can do face-to-face meetings. We've also become really good at Zoom meetings and just doing tons of virtual stuff. And again, I focus more on, are you hitting your numbers? Are you doing great work? Are you, are you, um, you know, living our company values and our vision and our purpose? And there's nothing about our current company values that says, you know, we must work face to face. Like I'm more interested in whether you're helping first or carrying your own bag or um, being bold and taking risks or um, starting strong and finishing strong. Those, those things to me, if I see you doing that, I I really would care less if you were working 
from your laptop in Tahiti, you know, it just doesn't matter to me. I think, do you think a lot of that's shifted though too? I think there is a, um, again, I think it depends on the clients and who you're working with, but there is a sense of doing things lean and smart. That is that perception I think has shifted, you know? So again, I think it depends, like you were saying, um, you know, on your clients and whatnot. You know, I wanted to ask you another question that came from all of that initially in terms of investing in mentors. Is there, you know, any advice that you can give in terms of how to find the right mentor? And, you know, I don't know, besides the obvious of, you know, you don't take running advice from someone who's never run a marathon or something, but, <laughs> you know, I mean, there's some of those basics, but I think I, you know, there's, there's a lot of people out there that are great at copy and great at sales. And so they can close the deal on you. And then it's like, eh, not a good fit. And you're kind of screwed thousands of dollars later. So any tips maybe on looking for a mentor in your business? Yeah. Um, so I, I do think experience can be helpful. There are other attributes. So, so just talking on experience, for instance, the only people that are mentor and coaches in our program, for instance, are active real world agency owners. So we don't have any, none of our people are full-time coaches. They all have a main thing and we are the side thing. We are the thing where they get to come and, and give back and create some kind of legacy and take their, the bruises and, and the failures that they've had in their business and share that with other people in real time. Like this is something that happened to me last week. And, and that's one of the reasons that, um, that we, we do value that experience. But I think there's plenty of coaches in sports in in all walks of life who have never done the thing that they're coaching on. I do think there are methodologies and mindsets that a, an amazing coach does not necessarily have to have that experience if he is amazing at pushing people outside their comfort zone, helping them achieve that focus that they need in their life. Um, and so I think that's also a different type of coach that will give you a different type of experience. So if you're, but like, let's take somebody with experience, for example, if you're looking to get mentorship on a uh, sales system that works great for digital agencies, you know, let's kind of walk through it. Like you could go find somebody that's got a great sales system as a digital agency and then learn that process. That's going to be a very fast learning curve. Um, cause the mentor really isn't like helping you invent something. He's kind of taking something that works for them and, and, and basically helping you apply it to your business in your situation. That's kind of where we hang out at you gurus, but then there's other types of coaches, um, who might not have that experience for you to just fast track you with their proven system. But what they might be able to do is actually work with you to really discover what the real issue is. They might be able to help you kind of create that process for yourself, kind of homegrown. And I've had a lot of coaching like that that's been extremely successful, especially when you're talking about things that others might not have. There might not be a lot of other people out there with that experience. So um, I kind of found that when we started getting into scaling up our group coaching and education program, there weren't a lot of people out there that had done a lot of what we were trying to do. So it's kind of hard just to, I mean, there were some, and again, great internet marketing mastermind groups and things like that, but it wasn't super accessible for me. So in those instances, you might find a coach who can help really draw the, 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 the essence out of you and then help you build a great system and structure and process and then help hold you accountable for that. So we use a system called EOS. And so our EOS implementer, who we pay you know, a good deal of money to every year to help facilitate a few uh, four company offsites a year, she's never owned a digital agency. She's never, uh, she was an operations person. She's never done sales. She's never done marketing. She's, you know, she's never done a lot of things that we do. She's never built an online course, uh, you know, so, but she is an amazing coach 
in helping us to figure out what's right for us. So I think there's kind of different levels. Then there, I think, are those people that say, I'm a coach, but they actually don't have the life experience. And they also don't have a great framework uh, for helping you get what you need. Uh, They just like to do Skype calls and charge you money for it and be like, yeah, I'm going to help you like get better with your life. Like you go, you know, like, Hey, I'm calling to check in on why you're not getting your things done. I can't help you decode why it's not working for you, but I can, you I know, can cheer I can, you on. Right? that is probably where you get into the space of maybe that's not super useful. All right. So let's jump, let's shift gears. Cause I, I feel like I could pick your brain on 82 <laughs> things from that last one. But so with you gurus, what you sold the agency and then clearly you had, you know, some direction feedback that people needed help with this. Right. So explain what you guys do at you gurus. Yeah. So think of us as a business accelerator for, uh, people starting an agency, people trying to grow an agency, uh, people that are maybe freelancers thinking that they want to make it a bigger thing than themselves, or even just kind of take on a, a, a larger business mentality than just having a job for themselves. We kind of help people transition from, I, I, I work for you know uh, myself to I have a business. And so a lot of people in our space kind of think of like the word agency as more of a business than just, hey, I freelance, trade time for money. So we kind of help people in that transition. So usually people have a have some kind of business. They're good at what they do. They're looking to grow that, but in their maybe insanely good at what they do, or they have a lot of great skills. Like they're a great, you know, WordPress consultant, or they're a great coder or front end designer or um, marketer or branding person or strategist. Right? They have a good foundation of their their craft, but they just don't have the business, the, the same level of business acumen. And so they, um, one of our programs is called 10K Bootcamp. And the main focus is helping you sell your first $10,000 project. But it's a lot more than that. We help you really get into what we call high value work for high value pay. So you're not just cranking out HTML and pages anymore. You're really thinking more in terms of what is, what is this website doing for my client? And am I doing everything in my power to help my client get the most out of this investment as possible? That's high value work. And our the thing that we attach to that is if you're doing high value work, you should be getting high value pay. And high value pay is uh, an undefined thing, but you know it when you see it and you know it when you don't have it, right? So if you're, if you're working 50, 60 hours a week and you, uh, you know, aren't able to have your own home, if you are building, you know, if you're accruing debts, if you can't afford uh, basics in your life, if you can't take a vacation, if you can't get that car or whatever, or achieve financial independence, you know, that, that probably means that you're in that commodity space and you're basically undervalued. And by just changing some mindset stuff in a few things in how you market yourself, how you sell and interact with your clients, how you manage your projects, your overall business operations. Most of what we will teach you is not, um, some of it is, is super ninja stuff, but a lot of it is just like a better way of doing things. Um, and, uh, and I can give you an example of that, that um, you know, some people come in a program and they're, and this is not on the marketing or sales side, but they're doing like 50, 50, you know, deposit 50% upfront, 50% on completion, which just seems like the standard way people do things. But if a website project takes you four months for whatever reason, client delays on content, whatever, and you thought it was going to take you a month, that 50% completion fee basically becomes a cash flow crisis that you have so much money tied up in. You're doing 97%, you're doing a hundred percent of the work and it's three or four months late, 
and you're never getting paid. And this is just something that people don't think about from a business level. So we help them say, look, here's an example of where just by changing your billing structure, doing this three degree change, you could actually have a fundamental shift in your cash flow situation. So we look at things like that with how they sell, how they're positioned in the market. Um, and, and we just make these small tweaks with them over 10 weeks. And, and sometimes the results are always great, but sometimes the results are so ridiculous. I have to like pinch myself and be like, okay, that person came in like three months ago and they were making $3,000 a month and they just sold a $120,000 project. Like, three months, like what? <laughs> like, yeah. and, and of course it's, those are the folks that come in and they truly are superheroes at what they do. They just were kind of this sleeping giant. They just, they didn't know what they were sitting on and, and we help them see that very quickly, make some changes. And, and then um, I think life gets more fun for them. Well, clearly they're implementing, right? As, as they're going to is key. Cause a lot of people don't do that. I want to back up a little bit. There's two things. Well, and, um, and, 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 and that's why we shifted from video courses to, um, basically group and one-on-one was because too many people bought video courses that I sold and I called them up a year later and they hadn't implemented. And I was like, that is not acceptable. I'm not going to sell pro- programs like that. I'm going to make sure that if you, yeah, it's going to cost you a lot more money, but if you invest with us, we are going to hold you accountable, make it happen. And if it's not working, we're going to basically force you to churn and get a refund within 30 days. Wow. That's interesting. So originally, like say the 10K bootcamp, that was just it was all video training that people could log in and go through the training on their own. Well, we had an, another course, which we still sell um, as kind of a leading called the web design sales kit. So that was like our main thing. And our business model was going to be to create, and we actually had created, I think five other video courses, um, more deals, higher prices, freelance 46, concrete content delays, attract smarter clients. We, we had started rolling out these video courses and we were, that was like our, our model at first. And then we started doing customer development and calling people, and uh, I just, after about a hundred of those phone calls and in some of those calls, you're who again? Wait, what? No, I never opened your, I never, I know I bought that course. I, I know it's been a year, but I never opened it. Can I get a refund? Like what? No. You're all, that hurts our cash flow. So I'm going to go with the no. Um, you know, it, there's just a couple things, not too, as, as you were saying that with the 50, 50% down 50, you know, it, it becomes this work debt. I'm sure you've heard that term where it's, you just feel like, okay, now I'm working for free. Or there are people that, you know, like I I used to do it where it's like your balance was due in 30 days. We'll get our stuff done. I'm not waiting for you. But then at the same time, it just still goes on and on and on. And so you feel at a certain point that I'm working for free. This is not, this is not working. Um, One of the things that I loved, I was going through the 10K bootcamp, your your 10-week program on the site. And um, it was in, uh, I think it was week four in the anatomy of the 10K project and you were talking about discovering why you need to transition how you present yourself. And that, like, I noticed that in going, when I went from just doing things by myself to then I had hired a programmer or designer, I had a project manager and it was like, all of a sudden I was the expert and there was a way that the people that I worked with that it was different. It wasn't just people who would just, I need this or, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't that one-off constant barrage of, of email threads when you stepped into that. Can you talk a little bit about that in terms of transitioning how you present yourself? So absolutely. Um, I mean, most web designers, let's just focus on that for a second. Don't really, and, and this is me talking more about my former self. So I'm not trying to pick on anybody. I didn't know what I was really doing. I didn't know the value that I was bringing to the world. I liked to build websites for whatever reason, internet stuff, being able to create something out of nothing and pushing pixels that any human being could, could 
you know, access anywhere in the world, anytime really just interests me. I think I built my first website when I was 15, but I never, you know, so I loved building it and I loved doing things that people, like people would come to me and say, Brent, I need you to build a website that does X, Y, and Z and I'll pay you $4,000. Like, okay, that'll take me like three days and that's (laughs) okay. Right. Like I don't, why would you question that? You know how to do something. People are coming to you and saying, do this and I'll pay you money and you love doing it. So like I never questioned the core why people were paying me this much money to build these things. And I think it took, it took me a long time to, cause I didn't have a business background to understand why there was these people out there that were paying gobs of money um, to, to do this. I remember we were working with this, this, uh, this nonprofit and they were, they paid us about 20, 30 K a year to do some things. And one of the things they always had me do was like build these event pages. And I'm like, gosh, like they're paying me like three grand to build like these forms. Like what? Like, I don't. And one day I opened up their database to see what these forms were doing. And they were, they were selling these events. I mean, it was like millions of dollars in revenue coming through this form that I, I was like, what? And, <laughs> and so I think just, you know, you do that and you start to question, okay, well, why are these people asking for this, this thing? And, and once you start actually asking yourself that question, then better yet, start asking your clients, why are you doing this in, in the first place? And then keep asking why, keep asking why, keep really figuring it out. Um, I think that you get to the, the main reason that people are doing this. And sometimes the things that they want or think that they should do because of your unique expertise you can actually guide them to a better way um, and maybe they can make more money. Maybe they can spend less money. Maybe they can you know, invest less time. Maybe you can help them do something they never even thought was possible. And I think it's at that moment where you become the expert. You become the ninja. You become the person that uh, it's no longer about the order taker, but it's about much more of a consultant type approach. And I think once you have that experience and you understand that mindset that everything that you're doing um, for a client has some kind of purpose. And if you can fully understand that and help, you know, even if that helps you just do better work, eventually you'll start to get into the space of being able to really, you know, your clients are coming to you and they have some problems and their self-created solutions like aren't really great. And then, then that's ultimately what they're paying you for is that strategic work. Um, they're coming to you because you are the expert. And I think at that point, you know, the framing becomes just different that they're not really interested in just ordering you around. And, and they're really, they're asked, they start to ask you a lot more questions like, well, do you think this is right, Brent? Do you think we should be doing this? My favorite question ever was, uh, Brent, do you think this is enough money to get this done? <laughs> you know, do you think, <laughs> are we going to be able to pay you enough to help us achieve it? It's like, Hmm, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, let, let's see. You know, along those lines, I, I would guess that, you know, there are a lot of people that maybe think they want to go agency and then they don't. Um, I quickly, well, not quickly, a couple of years really realized, nah, I don't want to do this. Um, but, you know, are there some characteristics or are there things that get in the way of people, you know, who really stepping into that agency ownership and, and taking on that role? Well, you know, agency is a funny word and we use it a lot as kind of our, you know, who we are trying to, to market and appeal to. And I think you can, you can be an agency of one and, and I'm not even sure, you know, agency, if you go to the definition, uh, you know, it's kind of a collective of, of folks. So I think if you even have advisors or some contractors or a VA or at, at any point, if there's multiple people that are working together, um, it does not have to mean that you have, you know, some really cool name and you know there's this agency like office you know there's there's so many different types of agencies that I've come across that I think it is more of a mindset thing 
Um, and you know, if you're a freelancer, you just want to say, Hey, I want to, I like the freelance label. I'm a freelance photographer and that's like your thing. That's great. Um, but I think if you decide that you want to make something that's bigger than yourself, whether that means that it operates without you, that there's contractors involved, all that kind of stuff. I think that at that moment you can start to kind of own that. And I don't think you have to be committed to growing a 30 person company with a water cooler and and all that. (laughs) Um, I think so. So, People that do well with agencies, I mean, agencies are service businesses. If you don't like people (laughs) or you don't like providing a service for people or talking with people or working with, you know, people all over the world from all walks of life and all types of businesses to help them do something that they cannot do by themselves, uh, you know, being an agency owner is is maybe not a good idea. But if that's your thing, if you want to, you know, be able to help lots of people do lots of different creative uh, pursuits and different types of problems. And I mean, I, I loved it. And I think all the time about whether I want to start another one up with, with you gurus. Like I just, I'm really focused on making you gurus the main thing and you gurus is a business school. Uh, it is not a, uh, a design house or a service business. Like you cannot come to us and build a website. And I'm really focused on building that into a business school, but maybe someday, um, I get more involved. I've definitely turned, uh, into more of an advisor for a few, um, key agencies and, um, you know, we'll see if that turns into anything. But I think if you, um, you know, don't want to create a product or you're not sure for that, that was kind of me too. Like I, I wasn't sure I, I didn't have a product idea. I didn't have some other business idea. I just had a really good skill set and I could deliver great value for people. And I, I just, that's how I made money for 12 years and I loved it. And, um, I just, it helped me then learn enough about business in the world that gave me access to a whole other idea. And that was when the transition happened. Well, so the, with that, with the transition, you know, and I love that it's an online business school. You're not just, I don't know, we have this course um, because clearly, you know, online education is just exploding. Uh, there are a lot of people that do courses and whatnot. Um, so so you, you did those video courses and then you, you stepped into um, this mentorship style of things. So can you tell us a little bit more about the 10 week program and sort of who that is for your, your 10K bootcamp? So the way the 10 weeks rolls out and one of the reasons uh, that we, we went with a, a multi-week program like that was because every week we, we want you to do something that you state for yourself that's going to get you closer to that high value project. And uh, the mentor team helps you to decide on what you're focused on each week. We call that your, your weekly accountability. And then we use the group to kind of help to you know, when you hear other people's accountabilities and you're, you've got somebody that knows what they're doing around setting goals and what a good accountability looks like and a bad accountability looks like. And, and that's just part of the weekly group session. It's not the whole thing. So we, we really focus on educating them, teaching them some new ideas, um, you know, and then getting people excited about what these things can do for their business. And then the key part is we need you to do something on your business uh, that relates to this very, very quickly. Uh, and so that's a little bit open-ended for people as they go through the program. But so there is very structured learning that's a part of it. Uh, and then there's this more open-ended element in the group uh, program where it's, um, you know, we just, we really focus on each individual in the program. And what's really interesting to watch is how people evolve their thinking around accountability, right? So, you know, one of the things that, you know, I'll see people in week one do all the time, like, oh, I need to relaunch my website. So I'm going to build a website by next week. <laughs> okay. Right. And sometimes our mentors will even let people set bad accountabilities just to 
let them kind of not succeed, which I know sounds crazy, but sometimes it's just part of the game because people just have you to learn through doing something. <laughs> and then, you know, the person shows up the next week and they're like, well, I said I was going to redo my entire website, but uh, it turns out like I got pulled into this client for this and that. And we're like, well, okay, what was the original intent? Well, I'm trying to get clients. Okay, great. Well, as we're working through our strategic content, what market have you chosen, right? What, and we, we, we will dive into what their actual plan is around our proven process. And if they're trying to get new customers and they thought they're just throwing up a whole new website and investing 50, 60 hours in rewriting all their content and rebuilding all the pages and creating this website they're finally happy with, which of course every web designer is secretly loathes their website. <laughs> Even if they just launched it a week ago, they're like, ah, there's already things I don't like. Um, but instead of them spending that 60 hours or 10 hours or 20 hours building this marketing asset that they might not even have a great strategy around yet, we then through the coaching process say, look, if you're trying to get new clients, how about we refocus that energy? That's 30 hours towards this other activity that if you do it the way we're telling you to, you could actually start having conversations with potential clients within a couple of hours of you putting effort in, you know into your into your computer or whatever into the phone or whatever so we you know help them kind of coach them from i think i need to have a new website i think that's the reason i'm not getting new clients to let's just put that huge marketing asset on the shelf over there and we'll come back to it we do we come back to it in like week 8 or 9 but let's focus on getting you in front of people and teaching you how to have a different conversation because we can do that in a week and we can actually get you on the phone with 10 people in a week and by talking like we talk, you're going to see how different that feels and you're going to start learning some things. And if you went and built your entire website before you did that, and then you go do what you te- we're telling you to, you're going to be kicking yourself afterwards because you're going to go, all of my website's wrong. All of my marketing is wrong. And so, so that's a lot of, that's just a sample of kind of boot camp. And, and we focus on three areas. We call it strategy. This is basically getting you more high value clients. So uh, marketing, uh, getting leads, that kind of thing. We focus on sales. So what happens once you get a lead? What does that interaction process look like with your client? And then we focus on what we call projects. Or basically, now you've won a project, what happens next? Um, how do you deliver and delight? And what are some simple things you can do to make that experience amazing? And better yet, how do you launch that project on time so you're not waiting three or four months for uh, uh, you know a check at the end of the rainbow? Um, and so we look at those three themes and we do what's called a spiral method. So we start off with um, strategy, we go sales, then projects, then we go strategy, sales, projects, strategy, sales, projects. We basically spiral you down because if we just spent the first three or four weeks on strategy helping you get leads, well, what happens if in week two you actually do get a lead and now you need to figure out how to deal with them? And that happens all the time. So what we want is to really touch on those subjects, give you some key tools that you can use immediately uh, to get some results. And then we kind of dive deeper throughout the program. Again, every answer you give me, Brent, I'm like, okay, wait, there's like 10 more questions in there. <laughs> um, I, I want to come back to the boot camp in a sec. You know, what's funny though is to the, to the website point is I, when I was still doing websites, I did not have a portfolio on my site for probably the last five years and I got plenty of projects. It's because I did so much content and the mm. brand, the brand itself, I think people assumed I did them, <laughs> but, but really it was, it was very interesting. And I'm not saying not to do that. So anybody listening, I'm the last person to listen to when it comes to that. I, I would actually say not to do that. <laughs> I, yeah. Not apologetically. Like you don't need a portfolio. So what is, and, and this is where I'll kind of talk. So 
portfolios are a, an example of what we call a risk mitigating factor in the sales process. So when somebody's going to pay you $50,000, it's a lot of money. And so what they're looking for is reasons not to give you that money. Uh, and, and it's not so much reasons looking to the reasons to give you that money is what we call um, quantification of benefits. So is, am I going to get a return on that? That's a whole different conversation, but mitigation of risk is why clients like to see portfolios. Am I the first monkey that's getting shot into space here? Or have you guys been doing trips to the moon for the last 10 years, right? Um, and so, so that's really what portfolios help do with clients is they get to see that other people have been there before them and they get to see examples that are within their safe confines of what their expectations for their own project are. And it makes them comfortable with giving you that money. There are probably two or three dozen ways that you can mitigate risk with a client. We mitigate risk at you gurus by simply just saying, we will give you a 30-day money-back guarantee. Uh, That is one method of risk mitigation. Uh, Another method of risk mitigation is when you get referred to somebody from somebody else. So if somebody says, uh, you know what? Kim did my website. She's amazing. She's the most awesome WordPress person in the world. Uh, She doesn't have a portfolio because she's so busy doing client work. That's awesome. Right? I mean, that's like the classic referral case. That's super powerful because again, it's risk mitigation. It's like somebody else trusted you. You didn't screw them. You didn't, you know, uh, take their money and and go to, you know, Croatia for two weeks and go dark on them and never call them back and, you know, disappear off the face of this earth. You actually did great work for them and they're referring you, right? That's another risk mitigating factor. So when you're pitching a client, you, you don't have a portfolio, great. That's called a a known known. You know you don't have a portfolio. So what you need to do is you need to come up with a list of things that you can somehow compensate for that that will help the client mitigate risk, whether that means getting referrals, whether that means some kind of risk guarantee, whether that means going and doing some work for low cost or free to build up the portfolio, to build up some case studies, examples, doing spec work or demo work. There's so many ways. And again, some of these things cost time and money and things like that. But again, if you're worried about the portfolio, there's other ways to overcome that. Now you did it through publishing content. So you basically said, I know what I'm talking about and I'm going to share that information with the world. And again, people read that, they see you're publishing all this content and they're like, wow, she must know what she's talking about because all these people are commenting and listening to her and she's got great things to say. So, Well, I should clarify too that I had been wanting to get out of the space <laughs> so I, I sort of fell into it. So I should, I should probably clarify that, that I, you know, it wasn't so much that I was like, I'm just going to wing it. And pull, Cause I had it and I had plenty of sites to show people and most of the work came through referrals. So that was it, you know, and it, but it was simply um, that people would look at, no, oh, well, you're marketing, you're walking the walk. So they, you know, there was a lot of connecting the dots there. So I'm not sitting here saying if you're doing websites, <laughs> don't have a portfolio. My point though, was it's just the important, like the whole website piece. Mm. I, I see that with clients where they get so stuck in these little niggly, you know, well, colors and pics, like, it's like, what's the messaging? You know, I've gone back to, which it sounds like, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but in having this conversation with you and listening to your business philosophy, that there's a lot of core fundamentals, right? Like I've, my audience is probably so tired of this, but I mean, I've gone back to a lot of core direct response marketing principles and good copy and communication and the psychology behind it all and, and really trying to understand that piece of it. And so where clearly you guys have the experience, right? With the online, the web space, the agency space, but 
there's like solid business principles based on everything you're doing. I mean, a hundred percent. I mean, if you, I mean, even thinking about direct response, direct, I mean, people, a lot of the email that I write or sales letters or even just product information pages or, or whatever, I mean, you can go back to people that were writing letters, uh, sales letters, um, like Ogilvy and, and other people like that, that, you know, have written great sales copy that, you know, appeared in direct mail mailers mm-hmm. uh, that appeared in, you know, newsprint and things like that, where the same, like what they were doing 50 years ago is the same thing we're doing now. The internet is just a different medium for it. It's actually, you know, the underlying thing that makes somebody purchase something hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. It hasn't changed and will never change. Um, you know, we will never be able to experience like an evolutionary shift in how our brains function really at that level. Like it's, it's all the same, whether you're, you know, marketing to somebody on Snapchat or Twitter or whatever. I mean, there are mechanics that are a little bit different, but the underlying ideas of how to get somebody to buy something or to get them to take action or get them to make a change in their life. I mean, these things are, you have to go back and read some fundamental stuff or, you know, or that's, that's an easy place to extract the technology away so that you can understand like what really is going on here. Yeah, I keep saying like it's not sexy until it is because when you realize, oh, this works, right? Like it it blows. My, I have really gone back to like I spent probably a year like studying headlines and and mm. testing and tweaking, and then I mean not you know, but it was just something that I'm like I'm I'm going to keep playing with this. I'm going to keep testing it. Going to a daily email, which I never in a million years would have thought, but it's it's increased my ability to write and connect with my audience in a way that. <laughs> I, you know, if I could say that to anybody and it's like to have this foundation that you guys do in this 10 week program, it's like, you're really building a solid business foundation for people is, is my understanding. I mean, if, if, if that's the understanding and that's what people feel like when they come out of program, I'm pretty happy because I think that's where there's an incongruency with the outcomes people are getting from their, their business, from their life in, and they're really good at what they do but they're missing some business fundamentals. And what that ends up with is you're not making what you want or you're not working the hours you want or your email box is too full or your clients are just sucking the life force out of you. And by just figuring out some of that business fundamentals, um, not going crazy with it. I mean, I've gone crazy with it. I have dedicated now since 2007, I've dedicated many of my, I mean, my book lists are you know, business mindset, you know, I read like one nonfiction or one fiction, I'm sorry, every other year. Like I, I spend a lot of time <laughs> in the business education space because yeah. that's what I do. But I'll just tell you right now, I mean, when we, when we just made a few changes in the first couple of years of really realizing we needed help, uh, I think in one year we doubled our revenue in one year, which meant that I actually went, I went from making um, pretty much living on my credit card to actually making a competitive salary. And I was like, Ooh, okay. Maybe I learning how to sell was not a bad idea, right? <laughs> yeah. um, so I think there's, you know, you can do some some basics. You don't need to get carried away like I have, but, um, you know, just some of those basic things. And then the outcomes change. And, you know, the, there's other really cool benefits, like your spouse may be respecting more about what you do. I mean, that's something that I know I've, I know I've talked to a lot of people that are freelancers or small agency owners and they struggle they struggle with the fact that their family keeps telling them, uh, you know, are you ever going to get a real job? Or what well, is it you do? <laughs> full disclosure. Uh, once a year, my mother still asks me that question. <laughs> like, I got it, mom. Bills are paid. 
Um, so when when can people what's what's happening with the uh, 10k boot camp? What when's the next one opening up? So we actually um, we open up classes uh, just about every month. There's a few months in the year that we don't. So the main thing that we do is we always talk to everybody that comes into program. So we do a, a, a kind of a scheduled one hour session to get to know your business a little bit more. And then based on where you're at with timing and other things like that, we, we, we would work you into to the next opening schedule. So I have no idea when this uh, is published, but we I think May 1st is the next one that's kicking off. And then there's another one that's kicking off in June and then um, July. So every month we kind of roll off a new uh, boot camp. And, and one of the reasons that we went to that model, which is totally incongruent with the only get access to this twice a year type of programs that are out there, um, was because when we were talking to people that had issues right now that we knew we could help. And the last thing that I wanted to do was make somebody, because of a, a, a product scarcity, put them in a position where they had to wait six months. And because that six months could be the difference between them being in business and not being in business. And so we actually did a lot of things and going monthly was actually insanely hard when you think about the fact that so much of our program is mentor driven, actual meetings with people, getting people assigned to like level groups at times that work for their time zone, making sure that we have enough people coming into program that we can have enough time zone options for people and things like that. I mean, there's a lot of things that we've had to do to make that a reality. Uh, and it wasn't easy, but that's kind of our our idea there is that if you're ready for this right now, we want you to uh, get on that train and moving towards that end goal within it, like a week to two weeks. And um, and, and speed to ROI was, was one of our core tenets of that decision. Well, I would guess too that now that you guys have done the month that, that it opens up once a month, that there's probably a good streamlined process, right? Just with anything. I mean, once you get it down, there's a rhythm, although I, I, I'm sure with the amount of uh, one-to-one investment, like you're talking about where people literally are showing up, it's not something you just, you know, <laughs> that sits on your hard drive collecting dust. Um, yeah. Brent, this has been awesome. I, I totally appreciate, I feel like I could talk to you all day. Like, <laughs> every answer comes out. I'm like, wait, I've got like 20 more questions in there. Um, so again, where's the best place for people to connect with you and, and the company? So you can, of course, learn more about YouGurus at YouGurus.com. That's U-G-U-R-U-S.com. You can also shoot me an email, Brent at YouGurus.com. I mentioned on this program the Web Design Sales Kit course. Uh, If, you know, and again, I'm, I'm... I'm all about the group coaching accountability, but if you want that course, uh, just shoot me an email and say, Hey, I heard you on, uh, Kim's podcast and, um, I'll give you that course uh, for free and a, a 60 minute strategy call with our, our lead strategist. And, um, and that's like totally free for you guys and, and your listeners. If, if you've listened to the podcast this far, uh, you know, that's a, that's a $200 course that you get for, for absolutely nothing. That is very generous of you. I will uh, make sure to put that in the show notes too. So if somebody's you know driving and doesn't remember this, I will give them instructions on how to get that. Brent, thank you so much. It's been a blast talking with you. Absolute pleasure, Kim. And uh, uh, you know, you're doing great things and uh, I loved chatting with you today. So how awesome was that? Holy like bucket of knowledge bombs, right? Brent Weaver's kind of the man. <laughs> Just kidding. I mean, he is, but um, so it, it, that was awesome, you guys. If you're looking at, just a reminder that they do open their boot camp at the beginning of every month. So go to 
yougurus.com and then just click over to the programs tab. And then like I mentioned in uh, in the interview with Brent that I will have all the links to the show notes and he's got a free download for you guys. So again, it's yougurus.com, U-G-U-R-U-S.com. As always, guys, thanks so much for listening. I love you tons. And if you haven't, I'm going to start pushing for reviews. We need some more reviews, guys. It It really does help the podcast get found in iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play. Your preference.